Welcome. I'm Pastor John, and you're listening to the Still Meadow Church of the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. Still Meadow Church of the Nazarene is a Bible-believing church located in York, Pennsylvania. Please be sure to check out our webpage, www.stillnaz.com, for ways to connect, watch, request prayer, and to give. This series, Living Hope, will help you to understand that we serve an unchanging God in these changing times. Now to the sermon. Here's our lead pastor, Pastor Josh Kleinfeld. Pastor Chris, pastor Chris is going to be sharing the word with us today. Really excited for you to hear what God has laid on his heart for this time. You ready? Do it. Let's roll. The day has come. It's graduation Sunday where we get to honor the wonderful and amazing and monumental achievement of our graduates. There have been countless hours of studying and homework and grueling hours over projects where partners and teammates did not do their part as as you waited eagerly for them to turn in their part. You have done it, seniors. The day has come. And parents, your love and the work that you have poured into your children has paid off. Graduation is here. The day has come. And this day does not look like anything anyone would have expected. And frankly, it probably does not look anything like what anyone would have hoped. But as we're going to talk about today, the Spirit of God is at work in the world, even when we cannot see or understand what He is doing. This is also an important day in the life of the church, as this is Pentecost Sunday. And we remember this as the day that Jesus baptized his church with the Holy Spirit to empower the church to carry out the mission of God in the world. And this is also a big day for me. I can remember when I was a young adult and I came to trust Jesus as Lord of my life. And the very next morning, having an experience of receiving the Holy Spirit and walking with him for years now, experiencing the guidance, the correction, the restoration, the love and the encouragement that comes from the Holy Spirit has been one of the most impactful markers of my life. And I can remember as a baby Christian sitting in the pews, listening to my pastor preach. And one Sunday morning in particular, I remember as he was preaching and I was overcome with a sense of joy and awe at the work that he was given to do every week. I mean, he got to preach good news every week. It was, this was amazing. And now after walking with the Lord for years and in and, and prayerful discernment with other people, I can look back at that moment and I realize that that was the day that God placed on my heart to be a preacher. The day has come. So let's pray. God, as we gather in your name today, though we may be scattered, may our worship be a sweet and pleasing aroma to you. God, we thank you for our graduates and their families and the work that you are doing through them. Lord, as we open your word in the Holy Scriptures today, would you illuminate your truth in our hearts and minds. May all honor and glory be brought before you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, friends, I'm going to ask you to grab your Bibles this morning. We will be in in the book of Numbers, chapter 11. And as you're opening up your Bibles, I want to give a brief overview of where we are in the narrative of Scripture. And so we are right in the midst of the story of Israel after they have been delivered by God from underneath oppressive rule in Egypt under Pharaoh on their way to the promised land. 
And so the book of Numbers, the fourth book in the Bible, its actually title is a little bit misleading in English. In the Hebrew, it actually means in the wilderness. And so that is where Israel is. They're on their 40-year journey going from the going from Egypt on their way to the promised land. And in the first 10 chapters, this is important to understand, that God has given Israel explicit marching orders of how to organize their camp and how to march through the wilderness. And right in the center of the camp is you have the tent of meeting. And this is where the, the priests, the Levites, would offer sacrifices to God, and this is where Moses would come and meet with God. And so around there you have the hundreds of thousands of Israelites from all the different tribes of Israel surrounding the tent of meeting in the middle. And so as they're marching through the wilderness, if you know anything about the, the narrative, the story of Israel, is they are not an easy people to lead. As Moses, their appointed leader at this time, is getting fed up and frustrated with their attitude that is always grumbling and wanting to turn back to Egypt. And so he prays out to God. He says, God, I cannot do this. I need help. God commands Moses, he says, grab 70 elders from among the people, from among the hundreds of thousands out in the camp, and call them into the tent of meeting. And there I will put my spirit on them to empower them. And so here we are, we're opening up the, the scriptures in Numbers chapter 11, verse 24. I'll be reading from the NIV today. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke with him, and he took the spirit that was on him and put the spirit on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. However, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Can someone say thanks be to God? We see here in this passage that the Spirit of God descends and rests on the elders, and they experience the power of God to prophesy, to speak and utter divine words on behalf of God. Now, this power was not their power. They didn't rustle it up. They didn't earn it. It was freely given to them by the grace of God to carry out his purposes. And so they were empowered by God to assist Moses in leading Israel through the wilderness. We also see a snapshot in this passage here of a young apprentice, a young Padawan learner for my fellow Star Wars nerds out there, and his name is Joshua. Joshua, how does he respond when he hears, when he doesn't understand what's going on and the Spirit of God is working out in the people? They didn't come to the huddle. He says, Moses, stop them. They aren't part of our group. Oh, Joshua, Joshua. Moses corrects him lovingly and saying, I wish that all God's people were prophets. You see, Joshua had an immature understanding of the power of God. And as I have reflected on this passage, I think that he makes two errors as a young maturing leader. Number one is that he thinks that the power of God is something that humans have control over. 
this error is, is a great one that can lead to only bitterness and discontentment in our spiritual lives. As if our human free will that is a gift from God could overpower God's power and purposes. And it's important for us that we can learn from Joshua that we must humble ourselves before God and recognize that he and not we is the only true ruler and authority in the world. And any power or authority that we have is a gift from him. The second error I believe Joshua falls into is the us versus them mentality. Joshua sees his little group, his huddle that he is in around the tent as the most important, if not the only source of power and authority for God in the world. And this just is not true. We see that God has been working through all sorts of different groups across political, ethnic, social, and national lines throughout history. And this is just like the human inclination that when we do not understand what God is doing, when we do cannot fathom and see his power and purpose in the world, we try to explain it away. We try and sweep it under the rug. And what we're going to do here is we're actually going to open up to a second passage today in the book of Acts, chapter 2. And so here we're going to see the definitive work of God that destroys the us versus them. And so a couple weeks ago, Pastor Josh taught us how the Holy Spirit is the main character. He is the main player in the book of Acts. And last week, Pastor Rachel taught us how in the first chapter of Acts that the, um, the apostles were waiting in eager expectation for the coming of the Holy Spirit. For Jesus had promised us, promised the church, the counselor, the comforter, the instructor, the spiritual coach, the redeemer, the encourager that is the Holy Spirit. And he promised that as a seal, as the fulfillment of the initiation of the kingdom of God in the world. So here we are, we jump in chapter 2, verse 1. The day has come. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them uttering, speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and Christians to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Thanks be to God. We see here in this story, like back in the book of Numbers, that the Spirit comes with power. God had empowered the apostles to speak, to prophesy in different languages. And as you can see on the map here, the locations that were named may not be familiar to us as modern readers. But what is really going on here is that they're naming nations and creeds from every direction where they were standing in Jerusalem. As if God were saying that the message is for all people. It would be like saying people from New York and Mississippi, Quebec and Florida and Kentucky, Jamaica and Mexico, British Columbia, South Africa, Taiwan, Brazil and Zimbabwe, California, Germany, Indonesia, and on and on and on. 
the onlookers, the people, were experiencing the power of God through the apostles as they heard the signs and wonders in their own native language. And they knew that the apostles were Galileans from this one specific region near Jerusalem. And so they knew that they would not have natively known these other languages. So they recognized the power of them being able to speak these words in their own tongues and hear that was an extraordinary power. Some of them even go so far right after the passage we read as trying to explain it away because somehow because they were drunk that empowered them to be able to speak these languages. And this goes back again to the the inclination of humanity to try and explain away and sweep under the rug and redefine the power of God when we do not understand what he is doing. And after that, we see that the Apostle Peter, empowered by the Holy Spirit, stands up and references the word of God through the prophet Joel. And here he he describes how God says the old and the young, the women and the men, slave and free, will will all be given power to prophesy and see visions in the kingdom of God. In this moment, right here, on Pentecost, we see that is the church. This is all people who would call on the name of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior are empowered to go everywhere and to preach the good news and to invite all people into the kingdom of God and experience his power. Whether you're young or old or black or white or Asian or Latino, if you're a woman or a man, if you're a conservative or if you're a liberal, libertarian, independent, this group, that group, whatever. In this decisive moment, moment, God has proved that his purposes were to be carried out to all peoples. The us versus them in the family of God has been destroyed. As we, as we stand, I can't help but to mention the realities of what's going on in our nation today. We have been empowered to preach good news to all people and to stand in solidarity with those who have experienced injustice and to mourn with those who mourn. And we have this responsibility. We have this privilege as the church because this is who God is. It is in God's very nature. It is his character as the one who comes unceasingly pursuing his people as a redeemer, as a reconciler, as one who walks across the barrier to extend the hand of restoration. The great African theologian Augustine says this about God. There are three persons in the nature of God. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And a helpful way to understand the relationship between Father, Son, and Spirit is this. There is the lover, the beloved, and the love between them. Again, the lover, the beloved, and the love between them. Imagine this. A parent and their beloved child have been apart for some time. And they finally reunite they finally get to reconcile and come together. And they see each other and they run at each other and they have this huge grasp of a bear hug. And they squeeze deeply and squeeze tight. And this is not for some agenda. There's no extra motive. It is only for the self-giving love of one for the other. Now I want you to imagine yourself being placed right in the middle of that hug. Rest there for a moment. Feel the love surround you. It is this infinite, 
self-giving love of God that is the Holy Spirit. This is the power that brought all creation into existence. This is the power that breathed life first into Adam and breathes life into each one of us today. This is the power that helped the leaders of Israel guide them through the wilderness to the promised land. It's the power that inspired the biblical writers to speak the word of God. And it is the power that inspired the prophets to speak out against injustice in the world wherever it was seen. This is the power that brought Jesus Christ into the world, and it is the power that, that raised him from the dead. It is this power, the living hope, that all who trust in the name of the Lord Jesus are promised to receive. And brothers and sisters, this power, this infinite self-giving love of God is what resides in you. The Spirit of God comes with power, but we see that the Spirit of God is love. The Spirit of God comes with power, but we see that the Spirit of God is love. It is the power that animates the church, that makes us into a living temple. It is that self-giving love relationship of the Father and the Son. And this is good news for those of us that may not have the healthiest parent-child relationship, whether your parents were imperfect or whether a child has walked away. We are invited into this self-perfectly self-giving love relationship of father, parent, and child through the Holy Spirit. And this is important for us to remember that when we look at the world that is marked by division, it is marked by the us and them and the inclination of humanity to try and manipulate the power of God for our own purposes, we must remember that it is the Holy Spirit that sets the mission for our lives. We are fueled by the love of Christ. In a couple weeks' time, we will, who are part of this community here at Still Meadow, will be able to gather in this building, and we will be able to say that the day has come, as we have waited in prayerful and eager expectation to be able to come and worship together again. And wherever you land on this whole COVID situation, there will be someone else that may not agree with you on their perspective. And so the question is, the question I have for you, Christian brothers and sisters, is how will you act? How will you respond? How, how is your attitude? How are your words? Are they, are they soaked with the self-giving love of God for the other? The dividing wall of hostility is torn down in the name of Jesus. And praise be to God that he does not leave us where we are at now. The Holy Spirit invites us to grow in our relationship with God as he forms us to be like Jesus. You remember Joshua? He experienced the loving correction of the Holy Spirit through his mentor Moses. And I'm sure you know, but this, this moment, this snapshot in Joshua's story is not what he is best known for. He was actually the leader that God appointed to take Israel into the promised land, receiving that mantle from Moses. And his transformation from becoming an immature apprentice to a mature leader did not happen overnight. It required that he listened to God, that he had a relationship, that he was corrected, restored, encouraged, guided, and shaped by the Holy Spirit. And I want to offer you a practice, a helpful practice, to be shaped by God in your own spiritual lives. And so this practice is called the prayer of examine. 
And the goal here in this practice is to examine your heart and your life with God. And here's what it looks like. You can take 15 to 30 minutes in quiet solitude with God. Make sure you leave your phone somewhere else. Bring a notebook to write down your reflections and a Bible for reference. And so what you want to do is you want to ask God questions and reflect on your life and listen to what he has to say. You could ask in this time of what conversations brought you joy in your life to celebrate those with God and to ask God to show you why those were so life-giving and joyful for you. As you're reflecting, you may look and ask what conversations bring you anxiety or fear or anger and ask God to show you why that is. Perhaps there's an unhealthy habit or attitude in your life that you need to get rid of. Listen to God, what he has to say. Perhaps as you're reflecting, you have um, unresolved conflict with someone in your life. And you need the courage to confront them in love. Or maybe you need the courage to step out and be the first one to apologize. Perhaps you, in your reflections, you may realize that you are grieving the loss of your child's graduation celebration. And you need God's comfort in your grief. Perhaps, for many of us in our reflections, we may realize that we are allowing voices that are not God to cloud our minds and hearts. And I have to say here, friends, that social media and the major news outlets are not the voice of God. Many of us, and myself included, need to regularly take time to step away from media to clearly hear the voice of God. Maybe God is inviting you to take a week-long media fast. Whatever comes out of this through your reflections, the important part is that you approach the throne of grace with a humble heart and be willing to listen to what God says to you in your prayers and in your reflections. But here's the thing. When we are faithful and humble ourselves before God, we will be changed for the better. We will be prepared like Joshua when God says the day has come. When we take up the mantle that God has for us. Perhaps it is that you will be called to lead a nation or a church or a family through a wilderness. Perhaps God will call you to preach on a stage or in your workplace or to that family member that seems so far away that would never listen to hope and good news. The day will come. And perhaps, young people, I want you to tune in especially and listen here, that the day will come when God will call you to stand up for attacks, to stand up and claim injustice when injustice is being perpetrated. This will require spiritual maturity like Joshua to lead in whatever task that is. The day will come. I want to invite you guys to tell you a story of the experience that I have had with the Holy Spirit in leading me. It was just about 15 months ago that my wife Emily and I were sensing that God was calling us to, to move to a new chapter of life. We already, I'd already recognized that God had called me to ministry, but we were still kind of in a holding pattern living with our current jobs um, as we were living in California. 
And we sense God calling us to this new chapter and sought out. And you know what, what that came through hours and weeks and months of prayerful anticipation and preparation for this moment of listening to God? Is that came to a conclusion. And one year ago today, to the very day, Emily and I drove into Pennsylvania on our, on our um, interview here at Still Meadow. And so it is this, whatever God calls us to, in my experience, it, does, it may not look like what you expect it, but it is good. God is faithful. And so as we close and before I invite Pastor Josh up to offer a blessing for the entire congregation, I want to offer a blessing specifically for our graduates. It, this blessing was written many hundreds of years ago, but it embodies the attitude of a humble Christian walk as you experience the power of God to truly love those he has placed in your path. And so graduates, would you extend out your hands to receive this blessing? May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer pain, rejection, hunger, and war so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and turn their pain to joy. Thank you for joining us for the Still Meadow Sermon Podcast. Again, please click over to our website, www.stillnaz.com. If you have a prayer request, you can go directly to stillnaz.com prayer. If you want to connect with people at Still Meadow, go to stillnaz.com connect. If you want to support Still Meadow Church of the Nazarene financially, go to stillnaz.com give. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be here again next week.